this is a podcast not about a love story. This is a podcast about a story of love. Boy meets girl. Boy falls in love with girl. Girl is nowhere moderately interested in boy. That's right, we continue You Call This Romance with 500 Days of Summer. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Here's a couple of acres. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20 something, but you could also be a teenager. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland, and we continue our toxic relationship downward spiral with Mark Webb's 500 Days of Summer. And joining me is someone who is a regular to the podcast. His last episode was Speed Racer, David Allen Prescott. Hello, Scott. So we actually saw this movie together. We did. We saw this in theaters in 2009, Mm -hmm. and as you and I always joke, we were going through some shit. Yeah. (laughs) And this is not a good movie if you're having like a crisis of faith to watch. No, it is not. Um, And now that we're well-adjusted married people, um, watching it with fresh eyes was weird. It was weird. Much less painful. Yeah, it really was. But then like, I start to be like, maybe at times Summer had a point, but then sometimes she's a bitch. So the movie 500 Days of Summer, if the people don't know it, give them a quick synopsis. Um, so it's a nice delineated plot film where we go sort of back and forth throughout uh, the 500 days uh, that, that this main character spent with uh, his romantic interest Summer in his life um, through the sort of ups and downs of their pseudo relationship. And it... It's a relationship. I mean, like, I know she doesn't want to put a label on it, but, like, if you're spending all your time with a person, staying at their house, sleeping over, having sex, making out, going to the movies, eating dinner, like, it's a relationship. Well, yeah, insofar as any any sort of general regular interaction with another person is a relationship. Well, yeah, but, like, theirs almost seems romantic. Right, yeah. Except she has no interest in him. I think she has interest in him, but not, not she doesn't want to be in a committed relationship with him. Okay. So our two leads are Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. which this was the film that like like before he was making movies and people knew who he was. But this was the film that really like Yeah, this was his film. Breakout. Yeah. Even though he was Tommy Solomon, which his character in this is named Tom. Yeah. Do you think it's just Tommy Solomon? <laughs> you never see his parents. 
It it certainly could be. Got a haircut. <laughs> How crazy would it be if his dad was played by John Lithgow? <laughs> That'd be great. At the end of the movie, John Lithgow just comes out. Hey, Tommy, how's it going? <laughs> Tommy. Where's that girl you've been dating? <laughs> and then French Stewart is like, oh, Tommy, you were having uh, intercourse with that girl. Mm, cool. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Zoe Deschanel, this was also kind of a star maker for her as well. Uh, she was doing, I think, The New Girl at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is actually really depressing. It is. It's just, like, the relationship is not healthy. And that that's what, like, this month is about. We did all romance movies for February, so, yeah. so March is all, like, toxic, toxic relationships. And this yeah. one, I would say, is, like super toxic heathers we did heathers that was an abusive toxic relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh this one is just really just what you think a love story is supposed to be like like it it sort of shines a light on a lot of um what our relationships are before we find the right person and the way that we idealize them and we romanticize them and we gloss over the the signs that the relationship was never going to work until in retrospect we can look back and say what what an idiot i was <laughs> the whole expectation versus reality is like a yeah. huge player in this right and is it weird that the the most logical person in the entire movie is a 11 year old chloe grace moretz oh, i love it we know who else to call it's Amanda Heller all over again. He did the right thing. Now where is he? Thomas? Rachel, what are you doing here? I'm here to help you. Help me how? First, put down the plate. Drink this. What is that? Vodka. The voice of reason. Who is the one, the catalyst at the end, who really says, maybe you should really think back on your relationship and take a look, because you're only remembering the good stuff, and that's what's making you so sad. But why is it that it's a little girl who has to be the voice of reason where he's supposed to be the older brother? Right. Why does she have to be the older sibling? Um, I really don't know the answer to that. <laughs> because it's funny (laughs) it is funny this was like was this around the time or right after kick-ass this had to be just after kick-ass was it just after or just before around the same time yeah yeah but like he he you got the classic cliches he is an architect right because like that that's a big thing in like an aspiring architect yeah he's the architect who who gives up his dreams to be a card writer for like yeah. they're not what 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 were they called the new hampshire the uh, new hampshire greeting company something like a greeting card company <laughs> that, that's so lazy that's just like very all right what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick a state we're gonna throw a dart <laughs> <laughs> their logo is like a covered puxitani <laughs> yeah <laughs> the puxitani greeting company and like the the cards that he was coming up with were like by the numbers like right like the, they made it sound like this is like the greatest greeting card company since Hallmark, and the, the cards they come up with is like, 
about every day you make me proud. But today you get a card. I like that one. That's nice. <laughs> well, when they have him like writing sympathy cards, what do you think like the card said? Hey, sorry your girlfriend sucks. <laughs> well, every day we get bad news. Sorry you have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that I broke up with you, and I'm even more sorry I ran over your cat. Oh, it just one. gets darker. Because, like, when he meets Summer, he acts like she's the only person in the world, but, right. but like, she's not. <laughs> Right. Like like they show at least like three other women who are interested in him that are way more suited for him. Well, and the whole thing started with she just said she liked the Smiths and that he had good taste in music. And like immediately you saw that switch turn on that we have this one thing in common. We are meant to be. Yeah, I I do like that that this movie is told through vignettes and not yeah. like a complete narrative. I also like that there is a narrator who is the guy from Frontline. Yeah, he's a wonderful narrator, but doesn't <laughs> over narrate. You get a little it bookends, which is nice. But I think the one thing that people need to know, like of how toxic this relationship is, one little detail that the narrator says at the beginning: Tom has mis. Uh, what was it? Uh, Tom's love of uh, 80s British pop music or rock music, alternative rock music, in the misunderstanding of the movie The Graduate. Right. Which, if you know anything about the movie The Graduate, I'm shocked we're not doing The Graduate um, for toxic relationships, but it's about a man who graduates college, doesn't know what he's going to do with his life, has an affair with this married woman, and then has an affair with her daughter. Mm-hmm. So how... How on earth did he think that that is a story about love? Right. Because he is... Yeah. Just because he runs away with her does not mean they're happy. Right. But, but yeah, it it sort of sets you up to understand just how his expectations and thoughts of love are not grounded in reality. I love how you're, you're saying this, like... You're very matter of fact, like almost a psychiatrist. You're sitting there like a psychiatrist. Like, Hmm. now let's break him down. You see, he comes from a divorced family. Yeah. The problem is that your mother would let you shower with her, and that's created. (laughs) (laughs) We go back to the beginning. You know, they say that breastfeeding after the age of 12 will stunt a child's growth. Right. And since. You you were 19. (laughs) (laughs) But. I just everyone in this movie that isn't Chloe Grace Moretz is like in this suspended adolescence. His best mm-hmm. friends played by Jeffrey Arnid or Mr. Christina Hendricks. Right. Yeah, I told you that that was Christina Hendricks' husband. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, that guy? That little guy? He looks like he should be in a tree making cookies. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then like Matthew Greg Gerbler. Is that how you say it? It's I Ma- don't know. I always thought it was like Matthew Gary Gerbler, but it's gray it's Matthew oh, Gray. I just know him from the criminal minds <laughs> which they're wrapping up right they are yeah um and then Clark Gregg agent Coulson yes as the world's most understanding and sympathetic so sweet yeah he's like oh I know you understand you're going through a hard time okay um here's something that you wrote last week 
Roses are red, violets are blue. Fuck you, whore. Now, most shoppers at Valentine's Day... Mr. Vance, are you firing me? No. No. Relax, Hanson. I... You're one of the good ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Things have been a little difficult. That's okay. I completely understand that. He's really great at just playing a great guy. <laughs> hey, I'm everyone's dad. Take that, Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, now, Zoe. Is it Zoe or Zooey? I think it's just Zoe. Okay. When I was younger, when we saw this, when <clears throat> when <laughs> we were both in our 20s, when we were both 22, right. like, like, I thought she was a toxic character. I thought mm-hmm. she led him on, which at points, yes, she does. Mm-hmm. But then, like, watching it again, I kind of noticed how annoying he is. Neither one of them knows how to exist in a relationship. Um, and I... and. I think that she she is very clear that she doesn't want a relationship, but I, it, it it's like she's sort of still testing the waters and trying to figure it out. So she's trying to, she's being in as much of a relationship as she can be while still keeping it not a relationship. So while she never does explicitly tell him, she does tell him that she doesn't want a relationship, doesn't want something long-term, wants to just not label the relationship and just do whatever they're going to do. And as long as they're happy, um, it, 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 it's clear that she's sort of got one foot in there feeling out what it is, you know? And that's, what's wrong. That's, that's what makes it wrong. If she just wanted like, like, sorry to use this term. If it's offensive, fuck buddy. If she wanted a fuck buddy, then they should have hung out. Grabbed dinner, banged, then she got away. But it's also, you know, we're all adults and our relationships have to sort of be defined as we want to define them. And so she, she did say on multiple occasions, whenever he asked, she always said, let's not put a label on this. If you're happy and I'm happy, why does it matter? Um, so, you know, there was always that reluctance to commit and always that sort of feeling of this is not going to be this big thing. But and then she acts kind of like a girlfriend. She'll buy him gifts. Well, right. She'll, she'll like cuddle up to him. That That's where I think that like if it was just a non-casual relationship, mm-hmm. it was they both, you know, friends with benefits and then they leave. Like he goes back to his apartment she goes to hers like nothing like labely right but then like when she stays and they watch a movie or they watch porn which that was weird what was that movie called uh, sweet and shower sweet and shower sweet and shower <laughs> um but they're like cuddling and then they yeah. have they have the the like really relationshipy thing where they're sitting in bed and talking about relationships of course he's going to misconstrue that well I, I, if she never said anything about what their relationship was or she was dodgy about it, then I could understand that sort of feeling. Uh, Certainly for him, you only do those things if you're in a committed relationship. I don't think that that's the case for her. But I think by the end of the film, she realizes that she wanted a relationship. Just not with him. 
Right. It ended up just be. I think she's sort of wondering why it doesn't feel right and assuming that it's because a relationship doesn't feel right. But I think at some point she realizes this is what I want. It just is missing. Right. Something. I mean, like. I don't think she's malicious. No, she just. I'm I'm the type of person. She's the type of person that that, you know, at this age, that stage, she like rather just play the field. Right. You know, it's not sleeping around if you're just having fun. Right. Where and she I, says in the beginning she doesn't believe in love. She doesn't right. believe that it exists. Right. Where he is like, well, you know, I'm he's monogamous. He right. he wants a relationship, he wants to commit. I'm I'm a similar person to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I believe like I don't think that people should have like promiscuous relationships oh yeah no the kind of relationship she was looking for is not the kind of relationship that works for me either or or him right that's the problem because you have two different people two different mindsets he's he's very monogamous and she's very promiscuous and that will never work and she should have known that she should have by by like even him saying no no that's fine she should have been able to like tell Right. You know, he's lying. Although she was monogamous with him, but still didn't want to put the label right. on it. Um, I mean, I can acknowledge that there are people out there who, for them, that kind of relationship works. And if they're up front with somebody and say, this is the kind of relationship that works for me, we're all adults and you should be able to to trust somebody when they say, okay, fine, I'm down for that. You know what I mean? Right. She shouldn't have to every five seconds be like, are you okay with this? Are you still okay with this? But there does come a point where it's obvious that he's not okay with it. And there's and, a point where she's not okay with it either. Because, right. There's like, a point where neither of them are happy. Right. Because she wants a boyfriend, but she doesn't want him. Right. And that's what's and the she toxic. Realizes that's that. what's so toxic. And... But I don't think she knows that for a long time. No, she has to watch the movie The Graduate to realize that. Yeah. And that's what's super depressing. Right. Um, I mean, one thing that I, I pointed out to you is how the film within a film stuff that they do, the the documentary that they do, yep. the um, foreign film where they do John Cassavetes, Igmar Bergman, mm-hmm. um, whoever directed The Red Balloon. Like, right. They do that stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. But I started noticing the flaws when 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 they were trying to like do their own narrative, like there, there's a point in the movie where they're going back and forth the entire movie, days and days and days. Right. But there's a point in the movie for like 20 minutes where they're just telling a straight narrative, mm-hmm. and that's when the movie drags. Mm-hmm. Stop telling the straight narrative. We want like we're watching this movie so we can see the back and forth. Right. Right. And. Gordon Levitt, like I love Joseph Gordon Gordon Levitt. I would cast him in everything. But I don't want to buy him as this type of guy. Because this type of guy ends up becoming the biggest asshole. But I don't know that we're supposed to view him that way. I mean, I think that we have I think we've all been him at some point where we are <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, I can I can admit I I was there was a time when I was in my 20s and yeah. I was that type of guy, and now that I'm a boring doggy dad. And in when my I 30s. saw this film, I had just got, well, I was at the end of a relationship where I had very much romanticized it and had glossed over all of those things that didn't work. Um, yeah, I, w- it, I was in a different but similar situation. We were trying to help each other out, but 
we were just so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> this was not the film for that time. Yeah. Like, like I was like, I turned to you. I was like, shit, it's a fucking Harry Potter. Yeah, this Blood was Prince. a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. We were just so depressed. Like, I was so stressed with, like, just graduated college, mm-hmm. didn't have any job opportunities lined up. Right. I was stressed. I never told you this, but driving home, all the stuff that was going on, regular relationships, romantic relationships, job concerns. I was driving home, middle of August, and I literally threw up all over myself. Yeah. <laughs> like I was driving, and I I remember you're like, do you want to buy a large popcorn? You haven't eaten anything <laughs> else today. We can go out to dinner afterwards. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm driving home after watching that movie, and it made me like happy and upset at the yeah. same time, and I just went, Hit. And I was oh like, God. oh, God, there's popcorn uh, all over me now. <laughs> uh, I think, But I think it's also you can look at the, the situation of his job as well, where he has something that is, that's his passion that he knows he should be aiming for. And he's settling. And he's settling. And it's the same situation with this relationship, is that he chooses it not based on a solid foundation and that it's actually something great. It ju- He idealizes it. Because she likes the Smiths and right. she dresses basically like, she dresses like a babysitter in a Disney movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was saying sweaters. To you, I was saying to you, cute. like, like I understand how people think Zoe Deschanel is cute and adorable mm-hmm. and very pretty. Yeah. I don't find her pretty. Like, I say this a million times on the podcast. When I had a crush on someone when I was younger, when I was like eight or nine, I always wanted them to babysit me. Like, cause I thought. Okay. All right. So, well, there. So I, cause like, <laughs> I didn't want like anything, you know, mm. weird or, or, or sexual. Cause A, I was eight, eight or nine. I just wanted someone to babysit me. Like, oh, so, I, so you like, just want somebody to take care of you. Right. Right. That's I, did, what I, thought. I don't want to have sex with you. Just make me a grilled cheese. Right. I was eight years old. Yeah. I didn't know what sex was. Right. Uh, yeah. Because that's what I thought re- a relationship was. I thought right. like I didn't know what romance was. I thought like mm-hmm. someone would take care of you. So I'd be like, Mom, uh, I, I get I had a crush on Jenny Lewis. I actually have a giant Jenny Lewis mm-hmm. poster yeah. um, because of the movie The Wizard. Yeah. And then she later became a, a music star. Um, so I'd be like, Mom, call Jenny Lewis's mom and have her babysit me. <laughs> so like Zoe Deschanel as Summer and in real life is the type of person I'd be like, Mom. Like you can't think of her in a sexual way. No, like more as a like big sister. Right. Like she's the type of person who comes with a ukulele. Right, she does. Like, like, she's the type of person like, oh, hey, we're going to sing songs now. Yeah. Sugar Town. Like, <laughs> which, the, the music choices that people pick to sing for karaoke in this movie baffle me. Well, they make sense for people who like the Smiths. They're like these little sort of indie kids. You right, know? But, but when was the last time that you went to a karaoke bar and people were singing, like, the Smiths and... If you think I was sober enough to remember what people were singing. <laughs> oh, they always sang like Journey or Katy Perry. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of Journey. I I went to a karaoke bar where a guy sang uh, I'm Sorry Mama by Eminem. Like he rapped it. Oh, my and God. It was, he was so drunk and, he, and he, he's like, I'm, I'm rapping this song. I've heard a lot of bad Eminem at karaoke Because my, my mother just died. So oh. if you would all bear with me for oh, a minute. No. And he was like this... This nerdy white hillbilly you kid. You know what he's gonna miss? Math. Mom's spaghetti. 
<laughs> Mom's spaghetti, crystal meth, all the same thing. Uh, you know, that's what he calls it. <laughs> no, but it was like the most depressing thing. So I was like, I understand picking the songs you want, but like I've, yeah. I've never been to a karaoke where anyone would sing the Pixies no, or the Clash. Right. And and <laughs> we we both said at the same it time. needed to be edgy for the kids at home. She's like, oh, I want to sing a Springsteen song, but they didn't have it. And you and I at the same time were like, but they, they had, had all Sugar Town. <laughs> They had Sugar Town. Like, that's like getting up there and singing sunshine and lollipops <laughs> and rainbows everywhere. But they didn't have Born to Run. Oh. That's the one song I think they would have. They would definitely have it. They would or, have all of those or things. Or like Glory Days or Born yeah. in the USA. Like, they would have all those of Those are like karaoke staples. What middle-aged drunk man can't just sing Born in the USA? That's now, an easy song Now I want to see a middle-aged drunk man just... Get up there and but sing Sugar Town. Sugar Town. Like it made sense because it was Zoe. Zoe right. Like it that's was the perfect t- for her voice. But uh, I just, I'd pick a different song. Like maybe to misconstrue him with love, she's singing "God Only Knows What I'd Be Without You." Oh yeah. Which is a song she has sung with Brian Wilson. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. song. I may not always love you. That's I Zoe love singing. That song. I love that song. <laughs> love actually. Uh uh kills me. Well, the Toy Story Four trailer. Oh, I you I have, have not seen it yet. It they they play God Only Knows <sighs> when he sees Bo Peep. Oh and he has to make the decision, do I go be with Bonnie or go be with Bo Peep? So it's That's like beautiful. So, yeah. It's the weirdest cast, too. Keanu Reeves is in it. All right. I love Keanu Reeves. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Key and Peele are in it. All right. And getting back to the podcast, Christina Hendricks is the bad guy. Oh. Who is married to Jeffrey Arnon. Look at that. And like the whole movie, you and I were like, she's married to him. It's not not like because he's a weird looking guy, which he is, but that's not the point. Uh, (laughs) It's because he just... I wonder how often he just gets lost in her boobs. <laughs> I haven't seen my husband for a week. Right here. Oh, I shook him loose. <laughs> no, it's because like whenever I see him, I just They just seem like they would never cross the same circles. Well, also he he was in um The Ringer and He's that goofy comedy guy. Yeah. Well, he was also in that bad um what was that that movie called? Uh Devil, the elevator one. The M. Night Shyamalan Presents. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, basically. I um, didn't miss anything? Yeah, I mean. The Wait, t- it's in an elevator? Yeah. Yeah, I meant to see that. I haven't seen it. Don't ruin it for me. I'm going to see it. No, you're not. You've I am going to see it. You've had 10 years. <laughs> it hasn't been that long, has yes, it? Yes. Oh, that <laughs> shows you just how long it takes me to watch a movie. But uh, he's in that. Okay. So in, in this one, he's so weird because he's like. He's just here for um the exposition fairy. He likes you. Yeah, he's the weird, awkward single guy. Hey, what's up? Not you, you. <laughs> he likes you. Okay. He Good likes, night, McKen. Likes you. Why don't you just tell her, Tom? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's, happens every time we come here. He, uh, I don't know something about that guy and singing. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. He drinks and he sings and he just no, loses uh, his shit. Not Mackenzie. Um, the other thing? What thing? 
to like me. Yeah. Well, and his friend is the weird, awkward, merry guy. Right. Yeah. Ugh, this movie makes me happy and angry at the same time. Yeah. I think it is really brilliant to show... Expectation versus reality. And we've all been through it. We've all been through it. We've all looked back and been like, how did I not see all of these things? How did I think that we had a perfect relationship? Even if it wasn't an awful relationship that you didn't realize it was awful, you really only ever think... I I actually, uh, about a month ago, um, was clearing out my emails Mm -hmm. and found the emails from that relationship that was ending when we saw this movie. And I'm reading them and I'm just like, why did I think that this was a good thing to be in? Right. It, it, and it's so weird to think of how you thought of it and <laughs> think of how it really was. Yeah. I mean, during that period, you were my rock. Mm-hmm. And I I hope I was yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and like, like, just that time period to be we were very similar to the characters age is are how they were supposed to be in this yeah so it was just like looking in a mirror and we were just both sad and not sleeping all the time and like <laughs> like y- this movie depressed you when we saw it and the, oh yeah and when i saw it i was like this is the movie that has all the answers but like i was i was more like tom when i saw this because i was like she's an idiot she should be with right. him and then now i'm like no no, she was she was right. I bawled my eyes out. It's and it's really just these two people should not be together. It's really I mean, I don't blame either of them, but neither of them were barking up the wrong tree and both of them were getting involved in something that was not right for them. Yeah, they had no godly business. Right. Um, I remember I overheard someone trying to describe this movie to someone and he got things right and wrong at the same time. He's mm-hmm. like, you know that feeling of like when you finally get with the girl that you want and everything's great and you feel like you're like Harrison Ford? That movie does this. But then there's a point in the movie where he's having a bad day and he just looks in the mirror and he looks like Clint Howard. And me being the movie snob I am, I just turn around and I'm like, that didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> He's thinking of that scene in Casper when uh, he turns into no. What is it, Casper? In Casper, he turns turns into Clint Eastwood. He turns into Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson. uh, That was Casper. (laughs) You're wrong. That was Christina Ricci's movie. No, but but he's like, yeah, he uh, dances to Hall and Oates, which the the musical number in this is fantastic. Oh, it's great, great scene. Like I remembered di- there being cartoon birds. There was. Oh, okay. I missed There's it. There's one I that goes on his finger. Okay. And, But yeah. Um, so yeah. Th- I feel hopeful for him when that happens. Like, yeah. Because she's like, I just want to be friends. But then the next scene, she's naked in his bed. And then they have sex. And then right. that's where the Hollow Notes marching band comes in. Well, I think she genuinely believes she was one of those people who can do that unattached thing. But, but I think she, she realized attached. she was not. Right. Also, the food that she breaks up with him over, like when they're breaking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pancakes look fine, but those sausages. Those sausages, sausages just look like poops. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. They really did. It was disgusting. <laughs> they re- I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, pa- oh, those poops. Oh, my. Yeah. But who doesn't want pancakes right there when you finish breaking up, huh? 
Yeah, I look mean, at that. If you're gonna break up with me, make sure I got a whole bunch of food in front of me. Well, also maybe she wasn't the right person when she said, "I felt like we were Sid and Nancy." Right. And he's like, "Sid killed Nancy. He stabbed her seven times." Yeah. And she's like, "I'm Sid." And he's like, "Oh, I'm Nancy." Right. When this movie came out, they did um, uh, them as Sid Vicious and and mm-hmm. Nancy. He was Nancy and she was Sid. And they did the end of Sid and Nancy where... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And it it was a weird cross-promotion thing, but it was actually really funny. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and I think she ultimately feels guilty she about does, their relationship. But she still leads him on a little bit. At the wedding. She yeah, For me, the biggest mistake that she made was having him to her house and not letting him know she was engaged. Yeah. Well, she, she, she tried to cover it. she said they weren't engaged at the time. But, but he... But it's she, like, you know if you're going to get engaged. Not just that, but... But she said... She saw him on, like, a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And she said she was having a party on a Friday. Yeah. Which means he was proposing when she got back that night or the follow or the next day, which would be a Sunday. Right. So she knew she was pretty much having an engagement party. Right. And she should have let him know ahead of time. She should have called him and been like... She made a lot of missteps. She did. But that leads to like one of the best scenes in the entire movie, which is the expectation versus reality scene. That scene killed me because everyone has that in their head. Tom walked to her apartment, intoxicated by the promise of the evening. He believed that this time... His expectations would align with reality. Everyone has yeah. that. When when you're like when I was 18, and I would you know have a crush on a girl who I thought was into me. Mm-hmm. This would happen in my head. Yeah. Like, like oh, this is what's gonna How happen. How it's gonna go down. And then what 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 really happens is I'm in the corner at a party. And some guy is playing show tunes on the piano, and I'm just <laughs> listening to some guy belt out company at a theater party, and I'm sitting there with like a Jack and Coke in my hand, and like, this is my life. Oh my god, you went to the coolest parties! <laughs> I want to go to that party. Being alive. I want to sing "Being Alive" with a Jack and Coke in my hand. No, I didn't sing it. I just, I sat in no, the. I'll cor- be the guy. I'll sing, <laughs> and you can sit in the corner. Yeah, there's, there would be like a guy on the piano, like all happy, like. <laughs> Singing uh, everything from Sondheim. Yeah. Well, not think, a day goes by. <laughs> it is also interesting, though, that, that you know, it, it. her biggest misstep is inviting him to that party, not letting him know what's going on. But his biggest misstep is that that's like the fourth time that he has gotten encouraged that they're going to get back together again when it should be so clear to him now that they are not a couple. If they were going to get back together, it would have happened at that wedding. It would, or 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 before. The, it's not the first time that they break up. They sort of have like a little breakup, and then they kind of get back together again a little bit, and then there's like another real break, and it's like, don't a toxic relationship, right? Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, also she kind of negs him in at the party at the the. Re- the engagement party because she's like so tom what is it that you do i uh write greeting cards tom could be a really great architect if he wanted to be tom could be a really brilliant architect if he applied himself like 
Do you really want to be with someone who, who... Well, no. Okay. Okay. I No. I, and I do hear it that way, the way that you do, and I think that someone could. But she says he could be a really great art- architect if he wanted to. And I... So, so I'd like... I think it's another moment where she doesn't necessarily mean anything by it. Like, he's really talented and great. He just chooses not to do that. You know what I mean? Versus saying, Tom writes shitty greeting cards that nobody cares about. Well, she's, she's implying that a little bit, too. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Because she it, hates that it job. It does That's on one looks- side feel very like, he could be an architect, blah, blah, blah. But she says if he wants to, not like he's not good enough. Like, he's really great, but he just chooses not to be an architect. I mean, yeah, yeah. I but mean, it hurts. The it, moment hurts. Right. And you can see it. You can see that it, yeah. He should have never went. And he shouldn't have gone. He shouldn't have gotten his hopes up. I mean, he, yeah. His expectation, even if we had to just sort of infer what he was expecting, we could say, well, maybe he was just, you know, feeling it out. But when you can see that he thought he was going to get there and they were just going to be back together and it was going to be amazing. And it's like, why would you think that would be what would happen? What what part of your whole relationship makes you feel like you're just going to jump back into that again, you know? And I mean, did did he like he forgets instantaneously how much pain she has caused him? Well, you have to get through that, I think. And that like that was the thing for me after that last relationship. I had to get through mourning the loss of what I thought that was. And then on the other side of that, when I was over it and fine, then I could see what a problem it was. Um, But he's still not over it at that point. And like, that's why I love that. That's what the 500 days are. It's not the length of their relationship. It's It's how long it takes him to heal. Right. And and so there's a lot of that 500 days that is not them together. It's just him still not over the fantasy. But I feel like he never were. truly will heal from her. And when he meets Autumn, fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cheesy. That was a cheesy moment yeah, there. When he meets Autumn, that relationship's not going to work either because he's still in love with Summer. I don't think that. I mean, that's what the the writers you know said which i do how love how this movie opens up with this movie is not based on a true story anything that compares to real life is uh, completely coincidental especially you jenny beckman you bitch yeah (laughs) and she saw the movie and she identified more with with zoe deschanel's character too well yeah she is the zoe oh no i mean with joseph gordon levitt's character Oh, seriously? Yeah, she that's... saw it and said she feels like she was the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character. So that's even, that's like so meta. The idea that he made this movie about how he felt with her, and then she's like, oh, I felt more like the guy. <laughs> and it's like, wow. The two Where of was you this? don't even know what your perspective is. What was, I read the Wikipedia page. Oh, nice. Yes. I prepare. Oh, nice. I, I don't really. <laughs> I watched the interviews with them. And like even Joseph Gordon Levitt's like, not a healthy relationship. No, 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 nope, nope. And he was he was more impressed with like he said if this was any other situation, I would have like wanted to play one of the friends. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think as a directorial debut, this was a strong movie from Mark Webb. Yeah. But I think it's weird that he followed this up with two Spider-Man movies. 
very thematically different. Yes. yes. And now he's doing, so one of my favorite movies like of all time is an anime movie called Your Name. I don't know if you ever saw it. I have not. You would love it. It's actually about um, a 17-year-old boy and a 17-year-old girl living in different parts of uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. He lives in Tokyo and she lives in what he calls the boonies. The boonies. <laughs> um, she lives in this old village. And when they go to sleep, they end up switching bodies with each other. And then oh. they fall in love oh. from their experiences learning about each oh, other. Oh, that's really beautiful. And he's making a live-action version of that for J.J. With, with Japanese actors, we hope. No. Oh, okay. No, the the, so. di- the director of that movie, the writer and director of that movie, Makoto Shinkai, asked that they use for the girl instead of it being uh, Japanese culture because her family is like old, old, uh, school. old school, like ancestors of mm-hmm. Japan who created this special type of sake. Mm-hmm. He asked that it be Native American Oh, for her. Well, that's awesome. And he's like, you do whatever the fuck you want for him, but... Cool. But but if it's going to be said in America, I want Native American culture. So the writer signed off on, on yeah. an American. Okay. Yeah, this isn't like cool. This isn't because like I don't want to hear more freaking geez, I Oh God, I'm so sick of hearing about how angry everybody is about animes with white people in them. Well, these people asked for it, so right. Good. Yeah. Cool. We won't. But have Mark to... Webb is directing that, and watching this again, I was like, because when I when I heard it was Mark Webb directing it, I was like, uh. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is so bad, but this one is yeah. pretty good. This movie's pretty good, so, I've, so I'm like, yeah. And he did that movie Gifted. I didn't Chris, see that. With Chris Evans and Jenny Slate. I didn't see that. You would like that. I don't see enough. <laughs> um, But his directing style is so unique. Like, to tell a story in different time periods mm-hmm. that take place within the same year. So mm-hmm. 500 Days... So a year and a half, he's gone through this pain of summer. He's right. carried summer for almost two years. Yeah. To have that in a storyline that doesn't fail mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Yeah. And it takes a good director to navigate that. And for this being his first non-music video movie, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, He also said that the music plays a huge part of the movie and... If you want to count one temper track song and three Regina Spector songs and the <laughs> Feist song. And the Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah. Hall and well, because Regina Spector and Feist, when I was sad and wanted to be more sad, that was my go-to music was Regina Spector and Feist. I would listen to Regina Spector before I did the Runner Stumbles. Oh, nice. To get nice and sad. That's I what I listened to. I listened to The Smiths. Mm-hmm. The Darkest Fairy and the, the, the Forest of Sorrow. Yeah, they uh, have that sort of... Yeah, yeah. I would listen to... Th- so when you were doing Runner Stumble, you listened to Regina Spector. When I was doing Baltimore Waltz, mm-hmm. I listened to The Cure and I listened yeah. to The Smiths. Right. Because I had to play A Man Dying of AIDS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I was like, huh, what would depress me? Right. Um. Oh my God, am I Tom? <laughs> am, am I... Well, it's like melancholy. It's not even, it's not even like... The the songs Regina Spector's stuff all sounds. I mean, there's there's some bright numbers, but like numbers, like it's a musical. She does happy um, sad. She does, yeah, but like, yeah, it, it's it feels like Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's yeah. got that like opening with us was a brilliant song. It choice. really was. Um, 
playing sweep as disposition over and over again, the first time it was fine. Right. Having it be in the trailer for the movie, brilliant. Yeah. But um, when they play it again at the end, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, th- this is a little too it much. It didn't need to be there, yeah. But the the bookends doing Simon and Garfunkel, that scene killed me. Mm. Because when you do look back on a relationship, as you said before, and you look back and you see the mistakes you made, because like, when you know you're at fault some way, mm-hmm. you never want to admit it. And when you realize right. how naive you're being, it's the worst. Yeah. And when I watched this movie with you, part of the reason why I actually got a little teared up was when bookends played because I started thinking of all the mistakes I was making. Right. And I was like, oh, God, I'm, I'm such an idiot. But I'm going to be stubborn. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I was a dumb 20-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, toxicity. How toxic is this relationship? Do you think... Because the last toxic relationship we talked about was Heather's, and that ended with him blowing himself up. Right, yeah. I, I think this is... inadvertently toxic. You know, I think that both of them are growing in this relationship and and realizing what it is that they really want and who they are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, you learn from her that she's had all these sort of past flingy things and that sort of, you know, created this with idea Puma? with the Puma um, that created this thing in her that she just doesn't really think that love is out there. And it's just a series of, you know, re- whatever they are. Um, but I think that she's realizing that that's not the case and he just doesn't end up being the one. Right. Um, and we've all had people who were a one, but not the one. And that there was a period of time that was really beautiful and great. Right. And but that that's you still don't end up together. Right. Um, and it takes a long time for people to learn that. And I and I think that both of them made mistakes. Both of them had moments where they didn't listen because that was what was easier. Like it's they, always they easy subliminally probably listen. knew a little bit more than they pretended that they did because it was easier. Um, so while I think it was toxic, I don't think neither one of them were malicious Neither one of them wanted to hurt the other person. Of course not. Like, um, so it certainly wasn't like abusive or, you know, I think it it started as an innocent thing. And then once you, you it, and certainly this is something that I think everybody can um, relate to is you, you start something that you don't, you don't really know if it's super serious, but then after a certain amount of time goes on, even if you realize it's not really, it's easier to just stay right in you know what's comfortable even if it's not what works and so you can sort of see that at the point where neither of them are happy but it's like we spend all our time together and we sort of like the same things and it's fine so i'm just going to stay like this yeah and <laughs> and we've all had those yeah but then it comes down to finding that person that you don't mind being boring with. You don't right. mind being crazy with. You don't right. mind, you know, you two can argue, but you know that at the end of the day, you're not going to go to bed angry. You're going to go to bed because you love each other. Right. He, I don't think Tom will ever find that. I don't think his character will. I don't know. I think that 
I think that he certainly has more growing to do at the end of the film. Yeah, I mean, when he meets Autumn, like, once again, another point that he's kind of sacrificing him, uh, like, not sacrificing himself, but not really learning. He's about to go into a job interview, which is the last job interview. Right. That he possibly could have for probably a year. Mm-hmm. Like, he could be destitute. Right. And he stops and he goes to pick up a girl. Right. He hasn't learned jack shit. And it's also based on the five seconds they've met and realized that they both like to sit at the same bench in town. Yeah, but she also... Which is the same sort of thing with the Smiths. She's also an architect. He's got better chances with her than he did with Summer. True. But he, he's reading more into it because right. he thinks she was looking for him and he wasn't looking for her because mm-hmm. he says... Oh, I, she's like, I've seen you there at the park. He's like, oh, I haven't seen you there. And yeah. she goes, you weren't looking. Maybe you weren't looking. And it's like, oh, maybe I missed out on this because I was with Summer. So there's certainly the potential for him to jump into another kind of romanticized relationship there. Um, Which they say he does and it doesn't work out. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the real question is if the writer was actually the Summer all along and and, and Jenny Beckman or whoever the... <laughs> the yeah. fake name he gave was the Tom and he's just following her, watching her fail in relationship <laughs> after relationship. You know, it, we're all in that relationship that doesn't work until we're in that relationship that does. And you realize what makes it work. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, the best example is I always thought that I was going to die alone, surrounded by cats, even though I was allergic yeah. to cats. <laughs> uh, cats the musical. Right. <laughs> Macavity. Yes. Rem- Several different screens with cats playing. Or actors dressed as the cats. Oh, from- yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I I finally met the one. Right. I met Haley. And, and now we have dogs and yeah. <laughs> and we have a life together. And I was like... This is what I was missing all along, and it feels right. Right. But leading up to that, like I, I thought, oh, I'm never gonna get here. When I was 20, I was like, it's never gonna happen. Right. I'm gonna die alone, and I was just being a little bitch. <laughs> well, and when I talk to people about my marriage, you know, I, I, I say, and I totally believe this, is that you'll know when it's the one, but every single one before the one. <clears throat> you'll think you know that they're the one. Yeah. So, so it's impossible to describe because your entire journey getting there, you're going to think, oh, this is what it is. Right. And then that relationship is going to end and you're going to go, oh, holy crap, that was awful. Why did I think that was the one? But then someday you really <laughs> will know. I dyed know, my hair and I pierced my nipples. And it will be <laughs> so different that, uh, yeah. And it's it's not that for either of these people. I, yeah. Um, cause like, I wish they show like the other toxic side of a relationship like this with like him or her doing something that they don't want. I mean, she does, but I mean like changing their clothes, changing their hair, like in the, the uh, oh, right, becoming a different person. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he ends up getting his entire face pierced or something like that. Right. So wrapping up, what are some takeaways like, is this the most toxic relationship you've ever seen on screen? No. No. I think this is a normal thing. Not a good thing, 
but the the sort of thing you you can find out somebody's experienced this and you're not like oh my god i'm so sorry for you you know it's like yeah those are the tough things we sort of go through <laughs> it sucks human emotion we're not great at it you know we're not perfect at it and um we're susceptible to to idealizing things when they feel good in the moment uh and we're reluctant to let them go when we realize right yeah my biggest takeaway of this movie is the fact that I feel like he doesn't learn his lesson mm-hmm. and what a dick he is leading up through everything. Like after summer breaks up with him and he treats that poor woman like shit. He's very childish. Yeah, he is. I mean, and that's what it, he's still very juvenile and both of them are in their own separate ways. And I think that she thinks that her outlook is adult, you know, we're just going to do what it's makes not. us happy and we're ad- <laughs> but it's it's equally not adult and and irresponsible i mean i never realized how childish she was in the beginning until i realized him bitching and being like yeah it's over with her because you know i asked her how her weekend was and she said it was good I which mean, means she's, she's having sex with somebody else and so she's not interested in me yeah like that suffer i gave her another opportunity does anyone need anything? You know what I need. That's so <laughs> creepy. It really, it was, it, he was bad at it. He but was she, bad at flirting. she was childish too by like in the copy room when he thinks she doesn't want anything. Right. Just planting one on him and mm-hmm. feeling him up mm-hmm. and then walking away right. like nothing happened. Not good. Because that was the beginning of her doing the, we're having the fun little clandestine romance where we sort of just have fun isn't like like a saucy like like ooh, this is fun we could have got caught it was like a oh no i think i like you right so yeah that's when she should have stopped right so yeah so as we always do we have 13 bagels one on a scale of one to ten one is normally bad ten is normally good on a scale of one to thirteen one is still shit. Thirteen is good. How many bagels? Thirteen bagels. How many are left? I am gonna give it nine bagels. Wow! I didn't think you were gonna give it that high. Oh yeah, no. I I think it's really insightful. I yeah. think it's. I think it's always really nice when somebody really holds up a mirror to people's lives a and black does mirror? it in a good way. A black mirror. What Um, if this turned into a Black Mirror episode and like it just ends with him getting arrested? (laughs) You stalked that lady. Jason Statham. You created a robot that looked like her. None of that really happened. Um, Yeah, I I just think I think it was really well done. I think it was just really honest and simple. It's just a very simple, clean film without crazy frills and yeah. without you know bashing you over the head with the theme it it, it unravels slowly <laughs> and it and it tricks you the same way the relationship tricks you you watch it and you fall in love with this couple and then you get to go back and see all these other things and you're like uh oh no i was not seeing this in the right light uh, so oh. it sort of um you know reenacts that experience for you which is really cool i'm gonna give it 10 i would have given it 11 but when it made me realize like how juvenile I was and how very much like him I was, I made me realize how bad it was, like how bad mm. that stuff is. So yeah, 
Also, the performances are solid. I'm taking out some a bagel because no boss would be as understanding as Clark Gregg was. Yeah, his boss is very nice. <laughs> he way too understanding. Yeah. Um also am I to believe that this this movie is also in the world of bones because of what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> right. The woman who's like the the lawyer for the 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 government or yeah. whatever. But also you have uh Yvette Nicole Brown or Nic- Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. I, I never watched Shirley Community. from Community. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a bit Nicole Brown. Um, she, <laughs> <coughs> she's the one who replaces Summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a good movie. It's a sweet movie. It's a depressing movie. So you have to be in the right mood to watch it. Yeah. So yeah, we've come to the end, David, as you get attacked by my dog. That's okay. Oh, dog lovins. Are Stella, the best lovins. down. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to keep that in or not. That All was right. just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, as we come to the end, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Do you have anything that you want to plug? You just did Mamma Mia. I was just in Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Colin Firth. You got to play Colin I Firth. I did. It was great. Lots of fun. You, you didn't get to play Pierce Brosnan? I Where do you go? Where do you go? How do I even know? <laughs> no, I remember when I saw that because you're like, let me know what you thought. And I, I text you. I was like, I didn't hate it. And you're like, oh, thank God. And I go, I didn't love it. And you wrote back, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those movies where it doesn't really matter if everybody was great because it's just fun. Well, I just couldn't. Yeah. Th- that's a toxic relationship right there. Oh, God. Yeah. Meryl Streep. Uh, but <laughs> you got to play Harry, right? I did. Yes. Were you the beautiful. youngest of the... Cause I was the youngest of the older cast, yeah. Because when I uh, I was like, "You're playing Colin Firth, but, but you're so young." But I, you're so yeah. young. <laughs> I all I always uh, older guys and British guys are my thing, and Harry's both. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's like the opposite of Aladdin. But you're so old. <laughs> but you're so young. <laughs> yeah. So. That must have been a dream come true for you. Are you going to play the king of uh, England next in King's Speech to play? Oh, my God. I would love that. I'll play anything Colin Firth has played. I would love for you to play King George, and I would love to play uh, uh, Jeffrey Rush's Oh, my role. God. That would be great. That would be so much Oh, fun. I would love that. Why? Why do you care? Let's make it happen. Be- because I'm a p- per- person. Because I have a voice. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Uh, I always have so much fun when you come on. Aww. You're one of my best friends, and I love you so much. Oh, I love you, too. And I'm sorry that I've made you do Speed Racer, so that's why I'm making <laughs> Because Aww. you came I in. I really like Speed Racer, You do, though. but I destroyed that experience for you because you realized, if you re-listen to that episode, <laughs> it's the evolution of a man who realizes something he loves is not good. It's garbage. <laughs> it's like you're a kid realizing okay. that Santa isn't real. I like, hey, there might be kids listening. <laughs> Santa's real, Maddox. Go to bed. It's okay. Does your son listen to this? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> Even if he did, he knows. He's good. Okay. So yeah, uh, next time what we're doing, we have two more episodes for, you call this romance, and then we're going into spring and we're Ooh. doing some fun movies. 
So our final two movies of the month, we're doing The Favorite, Oscar nominee, Toxic Relationship, and High Fidelity. So Mm -hmm. if you want to watch either of those movies, they're... You can find them everywhere now. Yeah. Um, High Fidelity. Someone told me, how dare you do that movie? It's not a toxic relationship. I'm like, go back again. Watch it again. Watch it again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you should watch it. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm pretty, you should sure, watch it. pretty sure that's a toxic relationship right there. <laughs> so uh, are you on social media? Is it, Can people find you anywhere? I am on the social media. <laughs> um, I'm on the Facebook. David Allen Prescott. <laughs> Um, I have an Instagram, but he, there's nothing to look at there. Oh, well, we have an Instagram. Ooh. We have a Twitter. So the Instagram is at Writer Bagel Basket. Cool. Everything's in there. Writer, you can find us on Facebook also, Writer's Bagel Basket. Mm-hmm. Everything's in there. Beautiful. However, our Twitter is there's no vowels, then all vowels, then no vowels. So Writer, W R T R, Bagel, B A G E L, Basket, B S K T. Okay. That's on Twitter. Beautiful. And if you have a suggestion for anything for us to do, email us writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. So until next time, once again, David, thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye.